Greetings and salutations. Welcome to another episode of What's Next with me, Nate Brosey. On the show today, I have another Nate, young Nate Pardo. He is a member of the Action Athletics Ninja Team, a two-time A&W junior competitor, uh, and a connoisseur of all things rap. Uh, we had a fantastic conversation. I hope you enjoy listening to him. He is wise beyond his years. Um, and I uh, really enjoyed it. want to remind you that what's next may contain strong language and subject matter not suitable for children. Uh, please enjoy my conversation with Ninja Nate Napster Pardo. There we go. That's a good way to start it. All right, Pardo, thanks for coming down. Thanks yeah. for visiting me. It's been a while since I've seen you. Yeah, thanks um, for having me. Yeah, of course. It's probably... Dude, it's been since what nationals? Did this um, maybe a break little like, after nationals? Yeah, we like had a couple, a couple of practices, practices yeah. right? Um, but you've been out of school for yeah since like March seventeenth, I think. Wow, so over a month now. Yeah. Um, what's what's been taking up your day? <laughs> like, what's that? Because I mean, obviously, my kids are younger, and they're not like, you know, I still have to handhold them through a lot of their stuff. But like, being a high schooler. What's this been for you for like the past month? Yeah, so when school got out, it was like the middle of our third quarter. So we were still in the middle of like grades for that quarter. Mm -hmm. So for that, they ended up just doing like enrichment, which is like optional work. Okay. So for the better half of like the first month we were out, I didn't really have anything to do because mm -hmm. I didn't really take part in the enrichment per se. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, and I had like makeup work that I still had to turn in. So it was kind of a blessing for me because I got to like pull up grades from that quarter. Well, that's good. Um, and any work that they assigned after March 17th got pushed into fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. And then now we're in fourth quarter. And now that schools are out for the rest of the year, it's all pass or fail, credit, no credit but the grade itself doesn't go towards your GPA. Do they still have like required work for you to do that? Like, like that's tied to a date. So like, will um, there be like a last day of school or is it just like get your work done and then you're done? Yeah. So it's pretty much works on weekly schedules. So I have four periods in my day, which is a little different from most schools. Uh, usually during the year, we have four 80 minute classes and now we have one class every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have one Zoom class a day for like an hour, which is really... How's that working out for you? Because like yeah. I've sat in on some of my daughter's like Zoom classes. And like, granted, I assume high school kids have more of an attention span maybe than a six-year-old. <laughs> but like, I mean, are you, honestly, are you getting much out of it? Yeah, I think most of my teachers have kind of uh, given up on the idea a little bit. Oh, like they'll assign the work and then they'll have the Zoom class. And two of mine have been like 15 minutes just... Do you guys have any questions? Right. No one will say anything. All right. Here you go. I mean, that might not be bad preparation for college because, like, there's a lot less handholding that goes on when you get there. It's like you're responsible for, you know, going to class, reading the book. I had some professors in college that you showed up day one and they were like, I'm like, here's the book and you're going to get tested on stuff that's in the book, but I'm not teaching the book. Like, I'm going to lecture. And then there'd be stuff that, like, I was just like, you never even talked about this. And they were like, yeah, you were supposed to have read the book. So, yeah, it's it's probably good preparation, but we're also not really being tested on it. So it's until like next year at least. Yeah. So that's probably when it'll really come into play. It's gonna be for a now, weird 
Yeah. yeah. Especially weird. like I was in the middle of like algebra two and I'm taking like pre-calc next year. Yeah. And I can only assume like the first half of the class is probably going to be reviewing from algebra two. But you got to assume like... that like the teachers are going to be aware of the weird situation. Yeah, right? they that, definitely like, will. But... Yeah. I mean, because at the end of the day, the what you get out of your education is sort of relative, right? Like, you know, whether they're they're teaching to a curriculum, but, you know, most of the kids in your class aren't retaining 100% of what the teachers are teaching, right? Yeah, that's very true. So, like, it's not like when you go into your, like, your first job interview or, like, your, there's stuff that's they're expected mm-hmm. that you know, but there's a gray area there. Right? Yeah, definitely. So, I don't know. So, it, the situation today, like, literally... Just before you came in, uh, the governor just announced the schools are closed for the rest of the year. So that's mm. kind of as we're sitting here now. Um, we're sort of adapting to this now. Um, and they also announced non-essential businesses. So, you know, well, there's there's a lot of things that a lot of ways that that affects your life because you had a lot of cool <laughs> things happen this year, right? Yes. Um, so for those who who obviously don't know you or haven't known you as long as I have, um, let's run down your resume here a little bit, you know, because it is expansive for someone who's 15 years old, which is ridiculous. When I was 15 years old, I, I don't think I'd ever even been in the newspaper, let alone had a national following of uh, fans who were uh, <laughs> fans of your your national television, uh, you know, exploits. So you're, you competed two seasons on A&W Junior, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, last two years I was on A&W Junior. Mm-hmm. And then this year I got a call to be on the adult show because mm-hmm. they were bringing up, um, like they brought up 16 kids or so. Yeah, I think that was about Something yeah. like that yep. uh, for the cities. Mm-hmm. But that obviously got postponed uh, yeah. until further notice. Have you heard anything from them uh, about that at all? Not really. Um, I'm pretty sure that it's still like on the schedule just for a later undetermined time. Yeah. But uh, I've been told like I still have the spot. Like they're not going to well, yeah, redo the. Take yeah. Spot, yeah. I mean, it's it's weird. Well, now that they're because they, they said this season they were going to film indoors. Right. Yes. Um, so I guess that gives them a little bit more versatility into like when they can film it, like a scheduling wise, unless it conflicts with like concerts or other things that would happen at like a venue like that. Um, but I mean, A&W is like NBC's big summer show. Like yeah. that's, you know, Monday nights, that's appointment television to watch new episodes of, of A&W. So, you know, if this is going to push back beyond the summer. Yeah. They're going to have to figure something out. But uh, I think if they can push it past the summer or at least since it's indoors, they can probably do filming during the fall or something. Hopefully, if, if would you prefer? There right now, but I mean, right now, like obviously, it's hard to train, right? Because yeah. you're well, one, it's like school, but uh, I mean, you can also tell everybody you're sitting here in a boot right now because uh, <laughs> you've got a broken foot. Tell me about that. How did that happen? Uh, yeah, so well, at the start of quarantine, like I was still kind of going out on my own, biking, uh, doing some parkour, like I found some good outdoor spots. I uh, I just hit a move wrong and uh, I ended up breaking it in three places. Jeez, uh, but it's been three weeks, so hopefully I get it off soon. I'm off crutches. Was but, it all in your foot or was it your ankle too? Uh, it was all just in my foot. Oh, it was kind of okay. impact move. Um, yeah. But I will say the boots an extra like five to ten pounds. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my upper body training has been pretty good. So. All right. Very cool. Uh, um, so let's talk a little bit about. Uh, 
about nationals because um, that's the most recent, mm-hmm. um, you know, ninja stuff. Well, obviously, we've been watching A and W Junior <laughs> a little bit this year. Actually, let's start there. Let's let's <laughs> let's get rip the band aid off. Um, and no spoilers um, of how this season mm-hmm. went. Um, did your episode air yet? Yes, it did. Both right. of mine. Both of yours. They were the second and fourth episodes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, the fourth one is the one that I miss. Is that the I, one? I'm in a pretty short part of that one. <laughs> yeah. That was the one run against you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so obviously the season didn't go, you know, the way that mm. we necessarily wanted it to go. Um, but, you know, on a fluke like that, with, a, with an obstacle like that, you know, where mm. you're really trying to push, um, what did you take away from A&W Junior this year? What was like, you know? I think a big part of it was mental game. Like I came into it and I think like I came into it really intense and I think I put like way too much pressure on myself with it. Mm-hmm. And like now when I go to competitions, I definitely see a difference. Like I look around me and I see a lot of people putting a ton of pressure on themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think like I move, I'm moving best when I'm more relaxed with it. And that's actually a really mature perspective. Like, like <laughs> that doesn't just exist in kid ninjas. That's adult ninjas do that too. Yeah. I don't know. But like coming off the show, I think even the second time, like when I failed the first time, I was pretty crushed. But then when I failed and I just fell on the second obstacle, like coming away from it, I was like, all right, like, what are you going to do? Like it, is what it, is. it was a wild card race anyways. So coming off of that, I think it kind of like lightened the blow a little bit mm-hmm. in, I don't know how, but like just in the sense that like, well, ninja is a weird sport like that. Like I remember my first season in Baltimore, like, you know, we were just talking about hype up music. Like I had that my playlist on had my headphones in i was just like you know i think i was listening to like coheed and cambria at the time mm. i was just getting like so like whatever and then i stepped to the start line i was so amped and i don't know if that's necessarily the right mentality to be in you yeah know, going into a ninja course like you want to be focused um or i think maybe if you leave your headphones in through the whole run and you can kind of maintain that focus then maybe it's good but like it's mm-hmm. not great to be too hyped you know because yeah. like there it is a, a there's a lot of pressure and the one thing that I, I watched, you know, watching you guys back um, and that I saw in the episodes this year was that everybody was nervous. Mm-hmm. Like, um, what was the one that I just watched? It was Evan LaValle's episode. Yeah. Um, and he's doing the breathing, like before mm-hmm. they commented on the breathing thing. And a lot of you guys were doing that. It was all, it was something mm-hmm. that all of you were doing. And it didn't stand out to me at the time because it was just like I saw everybody doing it. But then watching it on TV, I was like, wait a minute, they don't normally do that. Mm-hmm. That's not something they usually do before a run. Why are we doing something different? Mm-hmm. This is like way more important. Like why are we yeah. changing it now? And it occurred to me that I was like, oh crap, like that environment, the filming environment there. Mm-hmm. Um, for people who've never you know, been on the show, you know, obviously you've been on two seasons now mm-hmm. and, and hopefully you'll get your shot uh, on the big show. Kind of, Can you kind of explain to people from your perspective, the difference between like a regular, like a Nina or an NNL comp and, and production, not like yeah. the, the inside baseball secrets or whatever, but like for you, how does it feel different? Yeah. So, well, for me, it's just like, it's, it's like as exciting and as much commotion comes with an NNL comp, like being with the production team and stuff, that's that on steroids. Like yeah. you're there, you're, in like a parking lot burning up like they're calling you to run at random times like you don't know what's happening Mm -hmm. it's just like a big element of not really knowing what's coming and like i don't know it's in comparison to an nnl comp it just feels much 
not much less structured, but much like more chaotic. Yeah. More chaotic. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's because really what, the only thing that matters is the shot, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. what matters is they have to get the shot and that's, mm-hmm. you know, the performance, the outcome, whatever, that'll be what yeah. it is. You're there as an athlete to compete, mm-hmm. you know, to go out and do your best, but then there's all this other stuff. Yeah. You know what? Like an NNL comp, you're, you know, you have one job mm-hmm. and if they get, get it on the live stream, great. That's not your problem. You know? And there's not <laughs> yeah. somebody going, we didn't get the shot. You can't run it again. Um, so yeah, there is a different, a different mental stress, I guess, that goes on. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, it was, it was weird because I didn't recognize it until I watched it on TV. And then mm-hmm. I saw you guys' body language. And like, as a coach, I was just like, ah, crap. <laughs> like I should have recognized that earlier on. I mean, if they would have even let me talk to you, but, um, I should have definitely been, you know, there are some things we could have done differently, but mm-hmm. you know, then again, so having watched all the other athletes go this year, where do you see, um, the growth of the sport? Like how, where do you see people getting, getting stronger, getting faster? Like kind of where do you see things going as far as Ninja goes? I don't know. I think we're like, we're pushing the envelope. Like we're now it's kind of becoming a speed thing a little Mm -hmm. bit in some places. Um, I think it, it's going to be a lot of mental game, especially for the, uh, the youth. I think in general, the youth, one of the biggest things is like, as we get older, hopefully the mental game gets better. Mm -hmm. But I think that's when they're, the youth is really going to start to push the envelope on the real show is that when people start to like, cause it's not really something you're used to. Like when you're 15, 16, like being on big stages, having attention on you, no like kidding. you can train every day, like for the whole year, just for like nationals. But if you get there and you're intimidated by the crowds, it's not going to go well. Yeah. It's becoming like, and a, a real especially sport. with Ninja, like it's really a, like one mistake can finish you. Like yeah. it's really, really, how many times did we, see you that can happen? train and train and train and train and one little thing goes wrong and it's over. I mean, so yeah. just understanding that and having to like accept that and accept that, like, it's really, really not going to go your way every time. Like you talk about most sports, they'll say that, but like, it's, it's not gonna, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very like, true. So yeah, I mean, that transitions really well into nationals this year Mm because there was a lot of that, you Mm -hmm. know, like expectations. And I've said this before, as far as the event goes, I thought it was a great event. I thought it was put on really well. I thought the courses were fair. They were, Mm -hmm. you know, difficult, but but fair. Um, And for some of us, uh, it did come down to one move or one missed thing or what, you know, Mm -hmm. where it was. Um, What was yours? I'm trying to think. It was... Kane? That's that was the cane for you yeah. as well. Yeah. You and true kind of went down at the mm. same, the same spot. Right. Um, yeah, that cane ops is such a pain yeah. in the ass. <laughs> I, uh, I remember in the moment, like I, I, the first one, like I got on, like I was in the rhythm, like I got it up. Mm-hmm. I got to the second one and I was like a little uneasy, but I was like, yeah, like it'll probably be fine. And as soon as it was in the air, I was like, yeah, messed up. Oh. Like I should have just <laughs> taken another second and I would have been fine. Yep. And I mean, so it really comes down to like that one thing, but, uh, I was pretty grateful to even like get to stage three. I was pretty fine with, uh, where I was well, at. Yeah, I would I mean, love to make it further, but I was a pretty, stage yeah. three finish is not, you know, it's nothing to be, yeah. any, any, <laughs> I mean, geez, there was other people like, uh, I mean, not to put him on blast, but Ethan, <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> like, he didn't even make it that far because he decided he was going to show off on the, the end of stage one, or whatever <laughs> it was. That was, that was the story he fed me. Uh-huh. Um, but like the, the thing is with, yeah, I agree. It's, mm-hmm. it, but when you were younger, so like you started doing Ninja when you were 12, 
12? Okay. Mm-hmm. So Maybe, he actually came yeah. in older than... It might have been like... No, I don't think it was 12. I think it was uh, you must have been older 10 or 11. Yeah, yeah. Because you're... I mean, it's, it's been a I think I've been doing it for almost four and five years. It's been a minute. I think yeah. it's, it was probably, uh, so you're probably 10 or 10. 11. Yeah, yeah, or 11. Well, it was my brother's 13th birthday party, and he was two years older than me, two okay. and a half. So, so like I, was, I was 10, 11. Yep. Um, you know, there's, there's kids in our program right now that if they get to be 10 or 11 years old... Um, who probably show more more baseline skill at 10 or 11 than you did at that time mm-hmm. who aren't on the team because they've gotten too old to get yeah. into it now. Mm-hmm. Like um, because of the way that it's structured, like we're, we're putting more pressure on kids younger and younger. Like who mm-hmm. did we have any six year olds on the team when we first started? I no, think I think Daniel the, was like youngest the youngest was one. Daniel. Yeah. yeah. Um, and now it's like every year, you know, we, I remember when we added Shane to the team and now yeah. we've got Alex and, and you know, Alex is five for God's mm-hmm. sake, you know? <laughs> and he's like, I love the kid to death. I keep calling him. He's the next part of, he's just like, he's so coordinated for his age, but like, that's gotta be terrifying, you know, yeah. to stand up there. I think I remember like, you know, you and I both played baseball. I don't even think I was allowed to play little league baseball until I was like eight. Mm-hmm. Like eight to 10 was like the first group. And, and my dad got me in when I was seven because he was the coach. But like, you know, now I'm looking at Dylan. She's six. And I'm like, yeah. all right, you got to get up there. And not only like, <laughs> are you part of a team, but you got to perform on your own like doing obstacles <laughs> and you got to go fast. And she's like, ah. and it's a part of like Nina. Like, yeah, like if we lose that age group, like, my, like that's, it's, a, lot that's a lot of pressure. Of pressure. Yeah. That's a ton of pressure. And so the mental game you know, I equate it to, you know, it's gotta be like gymnastics mm-hmm. or diving, swimming, you yeah. know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, except way harder, at least yeah. in gymnastics, <laughs> like, you know, you're, you know what the skills are, like you've done it before swimming, like the water's the water. Like you just gotta go yeah. fast. Like, got new obstacles every right. time. Ops, this is a sport like nothing else. And, and yeah. uh, you guys are really, I think, I know that everybody, at least who's my age or up like focuses on the adults, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm myself and some of the other Nina coaches or whatnot, and, and probably even some other coaches around the country. Like we're so, we're so dialed in on the kids because th- you guys literally are the future of the sport. Mm-hmm. Like there's, I've said it before, there's no college scholarships for Ninja. Yeah. You know, like you're not getting recruited from anybody at, at the very best that we can hope for is like you guys, when you all sort of graduate and move on, you start ninja teams at your colleges, mm-hmm. you know, it's like intramural sports and yeah. then, you know, a rule system kind of comes into play and then maybe it'll translate into something for you. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you guys end up all as stunt workers or, <laughs> you know, whatever. But I mean, there probably are like baseball players out there who are trying to get college scholarships or trying to get noticed mm-hmm. by national scouts. You know, there's people whose livelihoods or futures rely on athletics and with a- athletics being completely shut down, it's like, those are potential careers. Yeah. So like how many much. of these amazing athletes are we going fi- to like figure out in a few years that we're like, wow, why didn't they ever go pro? Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Coronavirus that totally hosed them. Like I know they're doing the NFL draft without an audience or whatever. Yeah. But like, who knows if the, in the fall we're even going to play football again. Yeah, that's true. Like, um, like, let me ask you this. Cause obviously you're a big music fan and I, I obviously, Part of the reason I wanted to bring you in because I wanted to talk about rap music a lot. Because uh, when Chris was in here earlier, we got into a few things, but like, um, 
I think Chris is a little bit closer to my age, so I, I didn't <laughs> want to just be like, oh, it's a couple old guys just talking about rap music. Like, I want to get a different perspective. But like, if if all this got lifted in like a month, and say, I don't know, J. Cole was going to put on a concert, like, yeah, at the TD Garden, would you rush to buy a ticket? If it's J. Cole, no, because J. Cole's music does not pertain to a uh, live okay. uh, audience right, per so se. So give me a different a artist. A live artist maybe. You, would, you would be like super excited to go see. If it was like lifted, like, I don't even you know mean, all right. If there was still, I probably wouldn't, but I don't know. If it was really an artist that I was like dying to see, depends. Um, but yeah, it would really depend on the state of where we're at if okay. it were to be lifted. Like the point I'm making is like, I, you can't, you can't expect that just because all of a sudden they're like, okay, it's cool to go out again, that everybody's going to be like, awesome, let's go yeah, congregate definitely. in twenty thousand people. Yeah, you're gonna I hear think some I saw guy like three rows down coughing, and you're just going to be like, what the? <laughs> I gotta get out of here. I think I saw something that said that uh, live performances wouldn't be back until like 2021. I wouldn't be surprised. Which is which is big mainly because uh, the big thing with albums coming out during quarantine, like whether that's marketable or not, yeah. is that a lot of it's streaming nowadays. You're not buying uh, copies and artists don't get that much money from streaming. Like it's a few cents a play. Yeah. So then when you're, it's uh, a lot of your revenue is coming from live touring. Mm-hmm. And if live touring is not back from 2021, I can't imagine many albums are looking to drop if that's where they're getting most of their money. Like they really yeah, have you merch. you tour an album. And, you know, yeah. Where are you going to get your money from? I mean, that's like, we're always going to make music and people are always going to make yeah. art. Um, but like, yeah, the, uh, streaming. I mean, it's great for me because yeah. like I just have every song in my pocket. Awesome. I mean, like mm. anything. Well, actually I heard yesterday, uh, the chronic was finally released on, on Spotify. Spotify. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cause Dre was holding on to it on Apple music. I literally got Apple music for two reasons. One, <laughs> So I could listen to it on my Apple Watch while I was running. I didn't have to carry my phone. And two was for the Chronic. Yeah, was, and Jay Z albums at the time. Right? Yes, that's true. They didn't have but uh, Jay Z album, back but on he, Spotify. But see, everybody crumbles like yeah. eventually. <laughs> and, I, and I was just talking to the, the guys about it earlier. Like, apparently, Spotify doesn't make any money. Like the company itself, um, they're they don't turn a profit. How yeah, could that they? doesn't surprise me. I like I pay what. Yeah. F- 15 bucks a month for six accounts. Like I have the family <laughs> plan thing. Um, I don't understand how they can possibly make money, but you're right. I mean, live music. I mean, I, I talk a lot on this podcast about stand up comedians. Cause like, I just, I, yeah. like, I love stand up. Um, those guys can't tour, mm-hmm. you know, there's no, it, not even tour. They can't even go to regular rooms, you know, like <laughs> I, they can't even go to like, you know, say the comedy store or the cellar or, or Gotham or wherever just to mm-hmm. work out material. Like imagine an artist who just can't, go to the studio yeah. we can't do anything like this is about the best we can do it's like you and mm-hmm. i can sit eight feet apart in a room <laughs> you know and just talking to some microphones and shoot the shit for a while yeah pretty much uh i will some artists have like started to find ways around it uh tory lanes just dropped the new toronto three and he had a lot of uh good merch for it so i think he got a lot of people to buy merch all right and he was doing like this uh quarantine radio thing on instagram you might have seen which got a uh, pretty big <laughs> so to- all right so tory lanes is an interesting one and then we might as well just like get into like some of the because i wouldn't even know who that guy was if not for you mm-hmm. and i did see him pop up like quite a bit but i i don't know like there's there's so many new artists for me to keep up with mm-hmm. right i didn't think you even liked tory lanes is he yeah. good so for me tory lanes 
Like being honest, when he tries to sing, it, it's he sounds like a fourteen-year-old girl. Like it's not, it's not something like. But if he, when he raps, I like his rapping voice a lot, and I think the production on New Toronto Three it has like it's very ominous. Like it works well as his voice, and he was mainly rapping on that. And yesterday, I have Datpiff, like if you know that app, really old mixtape app that okay. has a ton of like artists' old mixtapes. Mm-hmm. And I was going through some of his old mixtape material, and it was really good. But yeah, album wise, I don't think he's ever really delivered, but I think okay. he can definitely rap and he definitely has skill. Uh, there was a whole time period last year where he was arguing himself to be like the goat. I don't know if you saw that and that he I could out rap like Eminem and it was mainly felt like a clout chasing thing, but uh, he beefed with like Joyner Lucas. And that's and when I got introduced guys. to him. Yeah. Cause I was heavy in a Joyner at the time and then his name popped up and mm-hmm. I was like, who's this guy? Like, and that's the thing. Like, I guess that's kind of the give and take of rap music, right? Like part of the game is telling everybody how great you are, yeah. but you can take it too far and you can be like, yeah, I'm the best that there ever was. And you'd be like, who the fuck? <laughs> like you've done nothing. Yeah, pretty much. So but, if you're uh, try to make a name for yourself, it's like, yeah, I think he, uh, his main thing was that I don't think a lot of people, he started in battle rap. Mm-hmm. So he automatically kind of had like a leg up on a lot of people when it came to like beefing. Yeah. So if he was making those statements and it got him a lot of traction and then people think of him as like this R&B king and then he comes out and shows his battle rapper side, it kind of it brings a lot of attention to him and people okay. gain more respect for him. But with that token, he's not at all the greatest rapper of all time and hasn't really done too much when it comes to rapping. I agree. So. <laughs> that, I mean, that's like some, you know, quarterback fresh out of, uh, you know, University of Florida coming out and being like, I'm the greatest of all time. <laughs> and Tom Brady's sitting over there going, what the hell have you done? <laughs> You've done nothing. Exactly. So, all right. So let's start super easy. Since we're talking about the greatest of all time, and you don't even have to put them in order. Give me like a top five. Like the top five greatest rappers of all time. So... For me, my big thing is I think Kanye's the greatest artist of all time when we're talking hip-hop artistry. Mm -hmm. And I think there's more to the GOAT label than we're just talking music. I think Jay-Z's, in my opinion, would be the GOAT when we're talking overall because he's had some great albums, some great album sales, but he's also like the biggest like billionaire in hip-hop. He has labels. He's done deals with like the NFL, like tons of different... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Doesn't he? He owns... Part of the Nets. Yeah. And Yankees. Like, yeah. yeah. So if I were to put like a goat label on someone, I would say I would put it towards him because I think like business wise, rap wise, I think he kind of has all of it going. Um, But if I were to give like a top five for me, I would say Jay Z, Kanye West, Lil Wayne. um, Nas. Okay. Mm. Nas is always kind of hanging around that conversation. Yeah. I know. I, I'm a big Nas fan, but I think I always stand with uh, Illmatic being the best hip hop album for me. Yeah. So. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Even if it was by far like his best album, he's still like he hasn't fallen off. Like uh, Nasir was a pretty decent album last I like year. Godson. That was and like... Stillmatic and yeah, Stillmatic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Ill- 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 Illmatic definitely. Uh, yeah. It takes the cake. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and one more. Hmm. well let me put it okay so uh, so you gave me four and and you included kanye in there so like i think it's important that we categorize right because you yeah. had said like as far as an artist goes because like i had the conversation with chris earlier and we were talking about um you know great great rappers or whatnot and we, i said the exact same thing that you did i was like jay-z is in a class by himself and i was like 
I think Kanye would love to put himself in that class, but Jay-Z has even said that Kanye's not a great rapper. Like Jay-Z has literally laughed at Kanye, like, <laughs> you know, just, but he's the type of guy who like, he won't let you look, look away. Like he's yeah. so controversial and he's so in your face that he knows how to play it. I equate Kanye to be almost like the Julian Edelman to Jay-Z's Tom Brady, where he like, he, mm. he sees the game plan. Like he sees the thing. So, so like Jay-Z is married to Beyonce, right? Kanye was like, oh, okay, I can't marry Beyonce. I can marry <laughs> Kim Kardashian. And he like found that angle. And then he's like, okay, well, um, you know, Jay-Z's like all about New York or whatever. And then Kanye's like Chicago. Like it's, there's a little different. There definitely is. Like uh, it's the same, but not quite. Yeah. Like does Kanye own a, a liquor brand? Like does he have his own <laughs> brand of vodka? The main thing that I would say is like sets them apart in terms of like putting the goat label on it is that I don't think Kanye has done enough business wise to really right. give himself that name. But I think in terms of discography, Jay-Z's not touching Kanye in any way, shape, really? or form. Like okay. I think Kanye has without a doubt he's a better producer. Without a doubt, Kanye West has the best discography in hip hop. And Ooh. like okay. for me, like we get first I mean, of all, the wrong. college dropout. College dropout was a great album. College dropout's like my second favorite album. But then he follows that with the late registration and graduation. Graduation's not probably my least favorite besides the gospel album that came out. But I still think yeah, those three are great albums. God lately. He does his Sunday service. That's kind of all over the like, place. But uh, yeah. then we have 808s and Heartbreak, which is one of my favorite albums. And like in terms of ahead of its time, that album released when Auto-Tune and that stuff was not even in the mainstream mm -hmm. to begin with. And now that's the sound today. Like It is. It's crazy to think. Yeah, it's crazy to think how ahead of its time that was. And then he had his whole... Uh, Taylor Swift incident and he outcasted himself and then he gave us My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy which mm -hmm. is my favorite Kanye album okay. and then he followed that up with The Life of Pablo Yeezus and Ye Man, which I, really I think fell off on Kanye on the re-listen those three are still like some of my favorite albums Yeezus was extremely experimental but I personally love it The Life of Pablo has some great tracks and like in general like it wasn't really anything out of this world, mm -hmm. but I think extremely solid in his discography. And Ye was a really short album, and that was in his span when he was producing. He had like four artists from his label drop albums, okay. and they were all the seven-track albums. So he had the one with Kid Cudi. He had the Nas's album, mm -hmm. his album, and Pusha T's album. And I really liked Ye. Uh, I re-listened to it recently, and out of the seven tracks, I think there's only like one track that I don't really love on there. Wow. So besides See, Jesus is I King, fell, I fell off on Kanye. I think like yeah. when he started, there was a couple things that like <laughs> one was during Hurricane Katrina when he was like, George Bush doesn't care about black people. <laughs> yes. I was like, damn, like really? Mm -hmm. You're okay. Like, and, and not that I even disagreed with him. I was just kind of like, oh, you're a, you're a provocateur. <laughs> you know, you're, you're a sensationalist. Then there was the Taylor Swift thing that I was honestly like, as a music lover, like as someone who grew up just loving all kinds of music, it kind of pissed me off mm -hmm. because he was kind of like, he's sitting up there and you could see him. He's like, he's pumping Beyonce's album. And I'm like, oh yeah. Cause Jay Z's your boy. And like, obviously you're tight with Beyonce as well. And you don't know, you know, whatever your ass from a hole in the ground for Taylor Swift. Like he doesn't care about that. It's the same way. Like I can't stand Eminem's opinion on the Grammys. Although I mm. do kind of agree with it a little bit where like, He's just like, screw the Grammys because they, they don't know who the best artists are. 
they just pump people up and then they, you know, get them in there to try to do whatever. And so he's kind of turned off on those. It's the same reason why I'm like, at that particular juncture, I was like, Kanye doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Like, yeah. Taylor Swift's a great artist in, in, in my <laughs> mind. And I'm like, okay, I'm a middle-aged guy whose daughters love Taylor Swift. And I listen to it all the time. But it had an agenda, right? And so then mm-hmm. I went down that camp where I was like, Beyonce had 26 producers on a song that was just like, girls, we run the world. Girls, <laughs> we run the world. I'm like, what is this garbage? It's yeah. in my ears. I've always been really big with the uh, separating the person from the music for me because yeah. like, you can say all this crazy stuff and Kanye, he has little to no filter. Like when he comes to public speaking, he's awful. He has no idea how to like equate his True. points and True. like his mouth and his brain are on different wavelengths. But when I it agree. comes to music, he expresses himself really, really well. Well, that's a classic so, sort of plight yeah. of a great artist. Like mm-hmm. that's, uh, there's been a lot of artists out there that are like that, you know, they, whether it's rock music or rap or, or anything, you know, artists have always kind of been, um, you know, they've had to apologize kind of with their music for their behavior outside of it. Like rock star behavior would never exist. I was listening to a podcast the other day with Tommy Lee from Motley Crue. I mean, like, or even go far back as Led Zeppelin. Those guys were burning mattresses and trashing hotel rooms. You don't get to do that unless your yeah. music is so good that people are just like, well, I, mm-hmm. they can do what they want. I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know? So I, I get it, you know, that there is a level of that. Yeah. But I look at like, um, there's skill, right? So like, let's identify some factors that make a really good, and obviously music for everyone is a little different, right? There's certain people who uh, are attracted to melody. There's certain people that are attracted to beat. There's certain people that are looking for a hook. There's other people who are like, no, the, you know, the lyrics have to be on point. The words have to come fast and, and, you know, the rhyme scheme has to change or, you know, you've got to be talking metaphorically or you have to, you know, reach all these different levels with, with your lyrics um, or it has to be produced in a certain way. Like there's all these different factors that go into what are great. So for you, what makes like, what are the elements that you look for in a really good track? Like what makes something stand out to you? So for me, at least I listen to like a very, very wide span of rap music. Like I'll find enjoyment, like the new Lil Baby album I can find songs on. But then like if West Side Gun from Griselda drops an album, you I'll be all over that too. I still haven't listened to it. I gotta check it's it a great out. album. But right. um, yeah, so for me, I review a lot of albums. Mm-hmm. And when I'm reviewing an album, I give them all like number grades, but I'll go through the album. I'll give every song a grade and then I'll give the album four other grades for the album's cohesiveness, the um, production, and the, I call it the IRU, the impact, replayability, or uniqueness. Cause I don't think an album has to have all three, mm-hmm. but it has to have at least one that I can take away from it. Like, I don't expect a little baby to give me some unique, like, out of this world concept or anything, but it has to be replayable or he's not even, he's not doing his job. Right. And I don't expect Griselda to be that replayable per se, not every track, but I expect them to come with lyrics. I expect the production to be on point. So they're kind of like, different sides to what I would take away from a track, like depending on the artist. Okay. But if I'm listening to like a trap song, I need it to be replayable. I need a good hook. I'm going to need like non-generic production. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the other side of hip hop, I would say it's more so it's a lot about production and flow I think is still pretty big. Mm-hmm. And lyrically, like it doesn't really span too too much in either direction. Like I th- I'm all for double entendres and stuff, but that's never been really the key to a track for me. 
Gotcha. Like I enjoy lyrics, but if like you have good lyrics, that's great. As long as you're not coming with something really stupid, then I'll, I'm fine with it. <laughs> uh, now I'm starting to understand our differences. Okay. Yeah. Like this is good because for me, it's all about lyrics and yeah. it always has been, whether it's rock music um, or rap or, or anything really like I, because you know, I'm, I'm an English guy. Yeah. I, I love, I love music. And that's why I, like, uh, you know, if I hear like a trap song, like you, you'd turn me on to the Travis Scott album. Um, or like Juice World, like you, you got me on both those guys, or like a long, a bit ago. I know it mm -hmm. seems like a long time ago yeah. in your life. I'm almost 40. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like a year ago. Um, and I listened to it and I was kind of like, oh, okay. Like I get it, mm -hmm. but like it didn't really, it didn't really do anything for me. Um, and then, uh, like I, I, I don't want to go. Eminem's just too easy. That's just too low hanging fruit yeah. because that's the most obvious example, <laughs> you know, of somebody whose lyrics are just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Um, let's say like, um, Zarface, yeah. um, esoteric and, 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 uh, INS, like they, they just spit amazing lyrics Yeah, and, and their, their production or their beats, you know, you could argue that like Bizarro is just a really weird track. Mm -hmm. Like there's the, their hooks aren't great. Not for some of them. I mean, some of their songs are good, but like mm -hmm. they're not known for having great hooks. Um, but like esoteric, especially like I, I listen to those tracks two, three, four times over and I'm mm -hmm. like, oh shit, I missed that. <laughs> like, you know, there's even stuff I'm finding on the Slim Shady LP that like I didn't know about, you know, like mm -hmm. if you go way, way back. So that's the kind of stuff that, that I like super yeah. get into. I'm like, I'm into that definitely. But I think like for me, I don't like Juice World very much, but I really like Travis Scott. When I go into a Travis Scott song, like I'm never gonna go there and look for his best one-liners, but I'm looking for him to like create an atmosphere. Like there's more artistry to the way Travis Scott's gonna make a track than there is to the way Eminem makes a track. Mm -hmm. Like they're just two completely different almost genres for me. Yeah. So like going into that, I can find a ton of enjoyment in the way an artist can create an atmosphere in a track and kind of bring you into their world. Mm -hmm. Uh with but then if I'm going into an Eminem, like I'm going to look for good lyrics, but I'm also going to look for his flows because that's something that's big on him. And the thing I hate with Eminem is when like on Godzilla, when he just goes for that like fast rap flow, yeah. I despise it. Like oh, I really? cannot take it. Interesting. What What is it about that, that particular like? It just feels extremely gimmicky to me. Like, like yeah. he can rap fast and I get it. But then the lyrics, like I look to the lyrics and they don't really make sense to me. And mm -hmm. I'm kind of just seeing him rapping fast. I always got that. And like, pretty, okay. Like, so there's a reason why like it went, I mean, this is going to date myself now, but like when I was in high school, like Twista mm -hmm. wasn't like the best rapper. Like that dude could mm -hmm. spit and, and even Busta Rhymes. Like, you know, both of those yeah. guys can spit super fast, but they're, you know, their lyrics are, when you do that, when you put that emphasis on the consonant part of the syllable and you're making those words almost come out like machine gun fire. Yeah. Um, yeah, you do lose a little bit of yeah. the flow. Like I've heard somebody say that like, um, Snoop Dogg, I think it was Jay-Z. Oh, it was actually, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. so this is how cool Jay-Z is. <laughs> he sat down with David Letterman, like on Netflix and it was like wow. my, my guest, my next guest, I think the name of the show is called my next guest needs no, no, no introduction. Jesus talking about tripping over your words and uh he was like so who letterman asked him he's like so who are some of your you know favorite rappers and jay-z was like snoop dogg he's like that guy can rap anything because he can, he can put <laughs> lyrics to literally anything and he's like so good he's so professional he's he's so good at his craft and i'm like oh 
I don't want to say that I forgot Snoop Dogg existed because <laughs> like that's not fair. But it's just like he's in everything now. Like he's, he's definitely he, in everything. He's but... become such like as soon as you do a Katy Perry, <laughs> you know, like you're kind of like. Hmm. I don't think I've really heard Snoop Dogg musically in a while. Like when people talk about Snoop Dogg, it's, been it's more as the personality. But yeah, definitely like. He's always been very nonchalant when he raps, but he can spit and the flow yeah. is still coming through. I mean, he's been doing but. it since he was, what, 19, 20? And yeah. And he's like 50? <laughs> like he's, he's getting pretty old now. So who's who's an artist, like at least in your mind, that um, like does that? That you don't expect much of them going in and then you're like, oh, shit. Like, I was, when was the last time you were really surprised? Hmm. That's a good question. Um... I would say let me think last time I was really surprised at like where you heard somebody on a track and your ears perked up and you're like, who, who, who's that? Then you're like, Oh, their name sucks. <laughs> uh, I would say it happened with when I first got into Griselda. Like I wasn't into, I think it was the Conway machine Eminem track. Uh, it was called like, I forget what it was called, but the Eminem verse got really, really hot. Um, but Conway's verse, Conway the Machine's a member of Griselda, they're signed to Shady Records. Mm -hmm. I would say that was the last time that I was really taken aback because he started off the song and I was really just waiting for the Eminem verse. Mm -hmm. And Conway has this really like gritty, very slow flow. Mm -hmm. And you hear every word he says and like he's called Conway the Machine for a reason. Like the lyrics are really gritty. Oh, okay. But that was I heard that and I was really taken aback. And then I started checking out Griselda, which is Conway the Machine, Benny the Butcher, and West Side Gun. Oh, perfect! I'm and definitely checking those guys. It's out. amazing. Yeah, so, you just sent that to me yeah. yesterday. I spent a lot of time with a six-year-old. I don't have a lot of time uh -huh. to listen to this. <laughs> well, that's cool. Like, uh, I, I remember like even on the new on the new Eminem album, there's a song called "I Will," um, which I think had King Crooked on it yeah and i heard his his verse on that and i was like oh shit this guy can spit like mm -hmm. this is like that was probably the last artist that I'd... or then there was uh oh what's that guy's name like now i can't even think of his name he was on a track with oh mercules oh uh, yeah that like it just popped mm -hmm. up randomly like on my spotify and it was just like here's your daily playlist <laughs> with all these different people and i think it was because he did a feature track with hobson and tech nine and it was yeah. like, and Mercules. I, I think, I, like I, think I found Mercules on like a Joyner Lucas track, but I don't think I ever yeah. got too into his music. Yep. Well, so I was expecting that, uh, yeah, no, there's probably only like two tracks that like mm -hmm. I've ever listened to of Mercules. <laughs> and I was like, all right, it's pretty good. So I was expecting at this time of the year that like you and I'd be sitting here going, yes, ADHD finally came out. Like Joyner mm, Lucas oh finally God. dropped his album. It's amazing. <laughs> Uh, talk about holy underwhelming disappointments, man. That, like, I hate that's probably one of my least favorite albums of the year so far. It sucks. Like, and like it all started with the rollout. Like he had he had a ton of problems with his label, so I don't want to like insult him too oh, much with it. Probably what it was. Right. But uh, I don't know. I was on a live stream and he even said that he never even meant ADHD to be like an album. Like when he was first dropping things, and I was like, dude, what? You kind of announced it as an album. <laughs> like yeah. people were probably going to expect that. That's such a bummer. Uh, like when I first heard, like that's an artist that I first heard Joyner Lucas on that Eminem track. And I was like, who's this guy? Yeah. I, I not hear about him. I first heard him on a tech nine track and he came with the fast flow on Sriracha. Sriracha. Yeah. And I, I went crazy. I was like, ah, oh, I got to look into this guy. Logic up on that one. Like logic, and you could tell completely phoned him. it in. Logic really phoned it in. Yeah. Uh, and 
all of a sudden it's just like back we can do whack like that was yeah in terms of the whole like they call them like the spiritual lyrical miracle rappers mm-hmm. like there's that whole circle i would say i always kind of thought joiner kind of had his own thing going that he could kind of like rise above that yeah but it really just came across as a ton of ripoffs of other artists yeah like i think i got into a really big battle in the comment section of someone's <laughs> post because like i i commented and he was i think it was a post about how joiner had like copped like 10 hoodies of uh a fan so they could buy like his vinyl oh, i was really? like yeah that's great the album still was terrible though oh and all God. his fans got on me well i, I, mean, and, I can see that people want to be loyal to an artist and like he's a massachusetts guy he's from Worcester. yeah and like you know when i like there were a lot but he did do interesting stuff like if you go back to um not this past not not the phone number album uh the one before along came joiner along came joiner mm-hmm. where they did that weird like ufo shit where they were like mm-hmm. flying in a thing and you could tell he like yeah. had some creative ideas and then like even his videos like you can tell that like he he's kind of creative but like i think just... he's always uh kind of risen above with music videos that's really the thing that set him apart i think keep it 100 is probably his best song that really? concept was I really really enjoyed. So he does interesting concept, but to and me, I find those gimmicky because like I see <clears throat> kind of through it. So like, keep it a hundred is a good example. I think there's a line when it comes to gimmicky. I think when he dropped like the revenge music video, it just felt forced. Like I like sometimes, yeah. I it's like eight minutes long, and I started watching it. And I was like, dude, you're just creating a story out of a track that has no storyline. But when it came to like keep it a hundred and what's the like one uh, ross, ross cappuccioni ross cappuccioni like, and then there's um uh i'm not racist yeah and there's another one where, where, there's um, happy birthday uh, there's i'm sorry there's i I'm didn't s- like frozen very much like where he plays two different characters and mm-hmm. he, he brings those two together to tell the story like and he yeah. from two different perspectives like you do that every once in a while and i'm kind of like okay cool but like he kind of went back to the well a few times with that yeah and i think, I think when i was like mm. Yeah, with Keep It 100, he impressed me because it kind of had that whole concept of passing the $100 bill, and yep. that kind of gave it something more to me. But on Frozen, it did kind of feel like he was just, like, it felt kind of corny. Yeah. But I think he he's shown potential in the past. Like, his remixes always kind of, they always have their thing. But uh, this new album, like, there were three or four tracks that, like, felt like blatant, like, Ty Dolla Sign and, like, Juice World ripoffs. And, like, that's never someone I've associated Joyner yeah. with. So I was. I mean, he did spend an entire track just basically, um, you know, blowing up uh, uh, Will Smith. Yeah. And I, I actually, like, I thought that track was one of the better ones on the album. Was it really? Uh, it was kind of corny with the bars, but at least it kind of had something interesting going for it. Yeah. But I also found that lyrically there was, I couldn't really find much on this album. Like it kind of felt like he was just repeating the same concepts over and over and over again. Yeah. Like I mean, his, his, the line formation, like the structure yeah. of his bars was definitely like, it's, it's just end rhyme, end rhyme, end rhyme. And like, get, get to that last word, rhyme yeah. that last, you know, syllable. So he didn't really switch it up, but it kind of felt he was like, across the album like it was kind of just repeating the same concept in the term of like you had revenge but then you had like the opening track i lied and it was like you don't need both on there because they're saying the exact same thing and then yeah. you have like 10 bands for your banger but then you have a lotto for your banger and like you don't need both of them they're both pretty commercial yeah and i mean 10 bands probably has a more interesting beat and lotto is well, kind of corny so it's like <laughs> like i don't know like t- timbaland it wasn't a very good beat for timbaland beats i didn't but... think so either yeah <laughs> You know who I thought of the other day, which is so I was, usually the only time I get to listen to, you know, 
type of music that I love is when I'm out <laughs> like working in the yard and I got my headphones on. Um, but I, it was just on shuffle and an old like ludicrous track popped up. Oh man. And I was like, what happened to ludicrous? I don't know what happened to ludicrous, <laughs> but I always have a soft spot. Cause that was the first, like, I think when I first started listening to rap music, I was into like Hobson, Joyner Lucas, that vibe. Yeah. And then what got me into old school, like the gateway was ludicrous. I think yeah. I had like a full ludicrous playlist that was like 85 songs long. He had and so many. I was hits. just like, I would go album to album. Like mm-hmm. that was like the only rapper I listened to for a solid like two months when nice. I was 13. Dude, ludicrous was like, because <laughs> everything he touched was gold. Like, and it was just yeah. that Southern style that he had that just, man, you know, you, if you put him on a track, it was going to be a banger. There yeah, no I think I uh, I saw a track that dropped like last week that was like Usher, Ludacris, and Lil Jon. I was like, we're back in like last 2002. Week? It wasn't very good, but oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was called like Sex Beat. So it wasn't very... Yeah, uh, fair enough. <laughs> but I was like, at least they're making music. Dude, those were like, I mean, those were heavy hitters back yeah. in the day. That was like, you know, when I was in college, those were the party track guys. Like... Mm-hmm. Which is crazy that now that you know they're still out there, but that's where a guy like like Snoop Dogg just stands the test of time, mm-hmm. you know. Or even like, you know, you look at Jay Z, who's still making, you know, good music. Jay Z doesn't have to make another album. Ever. I mean, he, yeah, hell, he no, made the Black album not. in what two thousand six, two thousand, yeah, something like that, seven, like eight, that. whatever. And he was just like, "That's it, I'm gonna quit the game." And I'm like, "Awesome, this yeah. is a good one to go out on." <laughs> and then he thought he had like ten albums since yeah. then. <laughs> like, you just can't stop, mm-hmm. but. So those are the guys. Like, it's funny that you have like an appreciation for Ludacris. I was just like, it must be silly that I'm the only person who like still. No, I cares love Ludacris. Like, Dude, where did he go? Um, so that's interesting. So, yeah, I was I was wholly uh, kind of underwhelmed by the Joyner Lucas album, which sucked because like it has a lot of good hits on it, but it's just we've been listening to it for a year, year and a half, yeah, till it all kind of came together, and that you know that's part of the reason where I was like, all right, I mean, there's some new songs on it, but that's got to be a disappointment for him too. Yeah, but, definitely. Like, so it's funny that you mentioned Hobson and Tech Nine because Chris and I were talking, excuse me, about like is Tech Nine. I think Tech Nine's a great lyricist. Like I think he's he's got like he's got skill. He's got flow, but he's nobody's favorite rapper. Yeah. He? Well, he kind of runs that that fine line between like rock, rock rap and like hard, like he doesn't have enough street he's know. definitely he definitely has like his what? unique vibe going for him which is why i guess i could see some people saying tech nine is their favorite because well, he sure is certain, pretty unique people everybody has a favorite, favorite like i would say not being anyone's favorite rapper comes from being extremely generic but i think tech nine kind of stands out a little but he also like I think he's big with the quantity over quality for me. He does like put he's out dropped a lot. so many albums. And I feel yeah. like if he really took his time a few years ago and like worked really hard on his craft and like, I think he probably could have produced a more concise and a better effort. Mm-hmm. But I think at this point, like when tech nine drops an album, like I'm not listening to the full track list. Like I'll look for some good features maybe and look yeah. for good tracks here and there. But I just don't find myself like, I don't find myself enjoying his tracks that much. And I feel like his flow is good and he's got good rhyme schemes, but like, I feel like his lyrics tend to kind of edge on the side of being a little all over the place. Like they don't really make sense, especially when he's going fast rap. If you're okay. So that's where like when I listen to the lyrics and that's, I can see that being a difference. Cause like, I, I love the double and triple entendres and like, I love the punchlines. Like I, I love yeah. when they set, so something do up, I. when they set something up like eight bars ahead mm-hmm. and then 
like rework it to come back to. And then all of a sudden at the end of the punchline, you're like, Oh shit. Like that was what, like, um, Oh, I can't even think of the track right now. I'm not even going to butcher it. Um, but like him and Hobson, I kind of throw in the same boat. Like lyrically, I think they're, they're kind of, they're both sort of, they'd consider themselves edgy. Um, yeah. they're aggressive. Like their flow is aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but like they're, they're a second or third tier on people's list, right? Like they drop yeah. an album and not everybody's like, Oh shit, the new Hobson album just came out. <laughs> Maybe you just find it on another place. Yeah. Like, oh wow. You came out with the new album. Great. I would say like what really puts me off is that I feel like both of them kind of pride themselves on being extremely like in the lyrical realm. But then like I look at their lyrics and it kind of seems like they're not really as good as they think they are when it comes to it, especially Hobson. Like he actually, it's funny you talk about Hobson because he just dropped a track like a couple hours ago. Oh really? Called like COVID mansion. And I kind of liked the flow on some of it, but like some of his bars, he was like, he was talking about like jerking off and like, like pooping on other rappers. I was like, dude, like, yeah, this is, is not sophomore. I don't want to hear this. <laughs> like yeah. that's, and I think that's where some rapper like, okay. Yeah. I can kind of see this now. Cause like, <laughs> that's one thing I've always loved about Eminem is just like, you know, yeah. he, he can be sophomoric at times, but then mm-hmm. like when he tries to be serious, nobody takes him seriously. Like, yeah. how are you going to be intimidated by Eminem? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> honestly. Now, the, the music, that I'm saying, like, in a booth, he's one of the most intimidating people you'd ever want to go up against. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, just because he's... But there's, like... I don't know. Like, is there any... Let me take it back. Okay. So, we talked about Ludacris. Mm-hmm. Another guy from that era who had a ton of street cred who came up doing mixtape was 50 Cent. And there was a guy that had a ton of street cred. Yeah. I mean, he got shot nine times, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he he made his mark on mixtapes. He was considered too dangerous for people <laughs> to sign, you know? Or like Biggie or Tupac or some of these old, yeah. you know, rap icons. They had hardcore street cred. They weren't artists. Yeah. They were fucking rappers, man. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> you were scared of them. Like, that was just, you know. So what what is it now? Like, what, are there any artists that come out nowadays that we could honestly sit and be like, yeah, that's that's real hip hop. Like if they get on a mic and they're like real hip hop, like I would say I hate to keep coming back to them, but Griselda is definitely the best example of that. Really? Like okay. that is their I, I would say that is now, definitely right? their main play. Like they are the most like hardcore back to basics hip hop cool. rapper group out right now. Cause like that was um, something that like Wu Tang always had. Yeah. Like Wu like they're up the Wu Tang clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Yeah, okay. I won't. Yeah. Yeah, I'll leave you alone. <laughs> like but or a guy like Ghostface is just, he's so aggressive, but like his personality backs it up, mm-hmm. you know? Like, but I think also it probably comes across a little different nowadays. Like, I guess people could probably make an argument that like a DaBaby has, in terms of his like actions, like dude keeps on beating random people up and like... Does he really? It's self-defense, but like... A guy named the baby keeps <laughs> yeah. beating people Yeah, so up. like in terms like fans, he gets into a lot of altercations. I don't... Yeah, the baby <laughs> is not a very intimidating title, but he definitely he has his... Uh, it's like the old Johnny Cash song, A Boy Named Sue. <laughs> 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 oh. 
as far as like, so are, are there any artists coming out now that you're like really looking forward to that? Like, you know, now that they won't be able to tour, do you think, and it's going to shift back their ability to launch an album? Like, were there any, have you heard rumors of people working on albums and kind of the whole, excited? uh, the whole TDE camp, Kendrick Lamar's label, mm-hmm. uh, there are some crazy numbers about the amount of days it's been since anyone from TDE dropped an album. Like I think the last one was the last one was Crash Talk Schoolboy Q. Mm-hmm. But besides that, it's been like a couple years since any of them have been on the map. And that's like Kendrick Lamar. But more importantly for me, that's like Absol, uh, Isaiah Rashad, um, uh, J Rock like that whole camp and they were and this guy reason who's up and coming is mm-hmm. ridiculous and they were all planning on dropping albums uh within a few months and i'm kind of hoping that specifically uh isaiah rashad and reason don't push back their release dates but i heard uh, a rumor that isaiah might drop this week so i would be excited for that cool. but if that whole camp gets pushed back i would be really disappointed all right. Well, I mean, hopefully it, it all comes out eventually. You know? Yeah. I mean, if, if nothing else, maybe they have more time to spend in the studio. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's been a few years at this point. I would be uh, <laughs> big on this. Uh, I don't know this this whole because uh, I mean, I guess out in California, it's it, it's even more restrictive than what we have here. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, I, I guess there's a I don't know like a special consideration for entertainers where they're allowed to go out, you know, and, and mm-hmm. go to the studio or whatnot. Like as far as like yeah, but. I don't know. A lot of people are just stuck indoors. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe this is a good thing where, you know, you're throwing out some names now. If anybody's listening to this and they just discover a new album, a new artist. Yeah. Cause that's one of the greatest thrills in life. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's one thing I'm jealous of. Like you're 15. First of all, you're, you're allowed to listen to music that I was never allowed to listen to. When I was 15. <laughs> like, Jesus man. Like, you know, but allowed to listen to that shouldn't be, it, 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 it shifts. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. So like when I was 15, it, for me, I, I think I was telling no, it was Josh because we were talking a lot about music. Obviously, he plays music, but for me, it was like Metallica and ACDC, mm-hmm. and and then like you know somebody left like a Less Than Jake CD in my car, and I was just like, oh my god! Like <laughs> finally, like it got me into punk music, and I kind of like back ended yeah. from like Less Than Jake into the Ramones, and then that kind of shifted this whole thing. And hip hop, mm-hmm. obviously, like I kind of back ended from Rage Against the Machine into. Uh, like Wu Tang Clan, and because mm-hmm. all those guys were, were touring together at the time, like Beastie Boys. Um, so you know, one kind of feeds the other. So if you're mm-hmm. you're throwing out names and people are like, "Oh, I haven't heard that person. I'm gonna give him a shot." Like discovering music is one of the greatest thrills in life. Yeah, like when you hear Definitely. something, it really connects with you. Um, so I'm gonna throw out some names, and you're just gonna off the top give me your thoughts. Okay. All right. Like just a, a few. A few. I'll give you some mainstream ones, but then like some some outliers yeah. as well. Um, all right, let's start with uh, Dr. Dre. Two thousand one is one of my favorite albums. I like the Chronic, but uh, his third album wasn't really all that much for me. But yeah, I like Dr. Dre. All right, I wouldn't put him like super super highly in terms of who I listen to. Like I don't listen to him that much. But okay, uh, Obi Trice. Love Obi Trice. Cheers is one of my favorite albums. Yeah. Hopefully she got some tea. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see another New York rapper. I'm trying to think of. How about Q-Tip? Mm, I've never really been too big into Q-Tip, but like I see the appeal. I'll 
if he drops new music. Like, I think he was featured on, like, an Anderson Pock album, and mm-hmm. I, like, listened to him a little more from there. But All right. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly. <sighs> no. <laughs> Don't like Machine Gun <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> Did you know he's, like, really good friends with Pete Davidson? Really? Yeah. Uh, that like, doesn't surprise me too much. They're both, yeah. I think they're both kind of in the, the edgy... Uh, if you watched, uh, what was it? Well, I always talk about Hot Ones on the show because like, it's one of my favorite mm-hmm. like YouTube shows. And uh, I guess they did a Hot Ones with Pete Davidson. And Sean had asked him, he was like, well, you know, what do you, who do you got to give the score to in the Eminem versus Machine Gun Kelly beef? And, and Pete was like suffering through the wing or whatever. <laughs> he's just like, look, man, he's like, clearly Eminem won. <laughs> just leave my friend alone. <laughs> like I, He's like, I love whatever his name is, Mitchell. Um yeah, I will say I I thought compared to his rest of his music, I think Rap Devil is one of the better songs that Machine Gun Kelly has released. I thought like even as a diss track, it functioned pretty decently. There were definitely some really corny bars in there, mm-hmm. but if you disregard those, I think the track was pretty decent. I thought <laughs> like Eminem murdered him, but like he could have been worse. Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> your beard's weird. Yeah, um, Lil Dicky. I, I don't like Lil Dicky at all, but really? uh, I like I, I get the whole funny thing, but I, I think his freestyle on Sway on the Morning, I, I loved They're like really when good. it comes to that and those punchlines, it's great. But when he drops like the I am brain EP, like I don't find that funny and I, I it's like childish, it's corny and it just doesn't sound good. Like the game had a good verse on that album. And other than that nothing redeemable and in terms of the professional rapper album it was fine for me but once again it just kind of felt gimmicky and not really even that funny like if that's what you're going for i'm going to judge you on that like there's this guy like comethazine and everyone pointed at his new album and they were like this is hilarious this is great i was like this is the most generic and formulaic album i have ever heard there is no like if something's going to be enjoyable and that's your goal, then it better be enjoyable. Like I'm not looking for great music, but it's got to be enjoyable if that's what you're going for. And if I don't find it enjoyable, then huge marks against you. That's the basis for, you know, for pretty much all music. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like it has to be, you know, you're not going to listen to something that you don't enjoy. Yeah. That would be the worst. Um, let's see. Macklemore. Once again, not <laughs> really, really a no on that, but um, <laughs> that's gonna be a hard no for me. Yeah, <laughs> all right, there's really no uh, nothing that really pleases me about Macklemore. <laughs> wow, when it comes okay. to music, but but he's, I, so I guess those last couple part of it with music, right? Is like you want to be original and you mm-hmm. want things to be creative, but then you also understand that like there's certain things that meet with commercial success. Mm. Right. There's things that other people really like that you kind of look at as someone who consumes a lot of music and, and, and goes, really? Like I've heard that a yeah. hundred times over. I'm like, why, why are you guys getting excited about that? And so like, that's kind of where I, you know, when I hear the same and maybe it's just, cause I don't have a connection with, you know, trap or, you know, like it's this sort of mm. new sound, like it all sounds the same to me and I can't quite yeah. make the distinction every once in a while, something will pop through, but mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It's when when you're listening to it for for different reasons, I guess. Yeah. Like, if you if you switch genres and you go, why the hell would anybody ever listen to Nickelback? <laughs> and they get a lot of shit. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot of people. But you know what? Like those guys came out and they were just like, we're gonna make. I, I just call it butt rock. 
Like, it's mm-hmm. just whatever, you know? It's just like, here's three chords, and now throw <laughs> your panties on stage. <laughs> it's just, and they're doing it. Like, that's, you know, good mm-hmm. for them. But, like, I don't know. Like, who's a, who is a hip-hop artist that you're kind of like, I can't believe they've had that much success? It's a lot of people in the new generation. Like, when it comes to trap, I think there's a definitive way to do it right, and otherwise it comes across as very generic. Interesting. Um, I think... I actually think DaBaby has some potential, but uh, when he was first making music, but he just dropped an album called like Blame It On Baby. Mm-hmm. And it was absolute like one of the worst. Uh, his main criticism was like, you got to switch up the flow. And I think he took that as, all right, I'm going to go melodic. Mm-hmm. And it sounded terrible. Like a lot of these melodic rappers, they don't do it for me. So like a boogie. Um, I don't know who that is. Yeah. Uh, Why would you name yourself after this? Like picking your nose. His his full name is A Bo- A Boogie with the hoodie. Oh my god. Which is which is pretty bad. Um who was the other guy that I, th- I mean not, like not Cardi B, like rappers like that. Dude, I, I don't see Did you say Cardi B? Yeah. She's a rapper? Yeah. I thought she I, I thought she was like a pop artist. Like I mean, it's like pop rap, but Okay, here's another name for you. Nicki Minaj. Ooh, that's interesting. I I think she can rap. Like, I think she, she definitely has talent, but she's another one of those like fast lyrical. For me, it's just nothing she's made besides her verse on like monster. I've really come back to, Okay. but I definitely think that she can rap and I think she deserves respect in the hip hop community and a lot of respect in bringing women into hip hop. Besides like the mainstream, she did a track called Barbie dreams. Um, I don't know the name of the album. It just like popped in, but it's on like my running playlist. Yeah. And like every time it comes on, like I, it's, it's funny. She just talks about like hooking up with all the different mm-hmm. rappers and whatever. And, and like, so it kind of tells a story. And, um, but then there's this part at the end where she just goes into this like fast flow. Over yeah. This, like, I think I've heard that. And track. I was like, like remember the first time I heard it, like it made my ears perked up. I was like, Oh shit, this chicken spit. Yeah. She's, like you know, ever since the monster verse, like I think yeah. you can't really deny that she definitely has skill. I just never really, uh, I don't like her voice very much. Okay. If I'm being honest, like it's kind of cartoonish. Yeah. She's got a little bit of that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Something about her music never really fit for me, but I I do definitely think she deserves respect for what she's done. For sure. I mean, sometimes people like, and she was a big part of that whole like young money run and like, I don't know that label. She was a big part of getting that label to where it was. So, so you're, you're a huge Lil Wayne fan. Yes. I like Lil Wayne a lot. Um, you, you know, can you explain them to me? So for me, first of all, like when it comes to one-liners, love Lil Wayne for that. He has some insane one-liners that like, like crazy, like lyrically. I think a lot of people kind of forget that. Okay. That like, like if you listen to his lyrics, they are ridiculous. All right. And mainly for me, too. like I'm, you got the Carter series. And besides that album wise, his his albums have been lacking. He had the rock attempt album, which was god awful. Yeah. The I am not I am a human being, whatever those albums were, terrible. Uh, the Carter series is ridiculous though. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, the Carter three I think was the last one that I was just, like that one. I was like, yeah, holy shit. That, yeah, like the first three Carters are great. I think the Carter five was also really good. Um, is that the one that just came out? Like twenty eighteen, but no, what's uh, the new one? Funeral, funeral just came out. Okay. Funeral was really bloated. Um. But I do think there are some tracks in there that are definitely keepers. And like Mama Mia was a great example of him just still being able to go off and like 
Yeah. And in terms of like longevity, he's been in the rap game for a really Dude, long time. I remember him with Juvenile, like way yeah. back in the like like back that ass up days, like where they were rocking like white t shirts and you know that he, he's from Atlanta, mm-hmm. right? Like or like that dirty stuff. But like just in comparison, like why I would say like I I have more respect for a Lil Wayne than even in like an Eminem, just based off the fact that like they've both been in the rap game for a really long time, mm-hmm. and I think Lil Wayne has had way more longevity when it comes like interesting i saw a statistic and like not really a statistic but just like an opinion post on instagram that was like when rapper's best album dropped Mm -hmm. and the carter three was his like sixth album and that's kind of widely viewed at his best album Mm -hmm. so like just in terms of like his career arc like he's kind of making a comeback now like it's kind of been a big like roller coaster people but also for lil wayne to do that yeah (laughs) also for lil wayne you have his whole back mixtape catalog Mm -hmm. which if you look into those that's when i really started to have respect for lil wayne and i really started to go crazy about him because you have the the drought series you have the dedication series like you have these series of mixtapes that are by far his best work like i would put like the the drought three even like d6 and like d4 better than like the carter three when it comes to rapping and like, even though a lot of them are just remixes, like that's where I got most of my respect for Lil Wayne. Right on. So yeah, like a different career arc can definitely do a lot for, you know, in terms Mm -hmm. of like how a person's music sounds. So like I'm sitting here going, okay. So like in in my mind, like you said, you'd put Lil Wayne above Eminem. I'd probably put Eminem above Lil Wayne. That's personal preference. Absolutely. I mean, like I grew up with Eminem, but Honestly, it's like, well, it's all subjective, right? Mm-hmm. Any kind of music is just like yeah. whatever anybody likes. Um, cool. So I, I think we've done plenty on rap music. People are just going to be like, what the hell? I can't <laughs> keep up with all this stuff. Um, so if you're, we'll, we'll do this. If you need to get like pumped up for, you know, a baseball game or run a ninja course or whatever, give me like your top like top three mm-hmm. songs that have to be on your playlist. Like if somebody's out there right now, they're like, dude, I want to go for a run tomorrow. I need some new tracks for my playlist. I need something to get me hyped up. Can I check? Yeah, go for it. All right. <laughs> off top of the head, that's kind of a, uh, I have a lot of songs. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Um, a curator of music such as yourself. Let's see. I will say the uh, the new Tory Lanez album definitely had some good ones for a running playlist because okay. it had a very ominous tone and stuff like that. But definitely have a playlist. I'm gonna be so interested to see like what songs like you're still listening to when you're my age. <laughs> uh, there's this track "Sundown" by Anonymous. Uh, you definitely don't know who that is. Uh, but he's Florida rapper. Uh, do you know who Denzel Curry is? All right, Denzel Curry's uh, like huge name in like the up and coming lyrical section. Okay. I don't think I, I was originally really hot on him, and I I don't think I'm as hot as him as a lot of people are now. But he gets a lot of Denzel Curry comparisons, and track "Sundown" is okay. ridiculous for pump up. Sundown. Denzel. Um, there's this group Flatbush Zombies, uh, made up of three rappers. Uh, I think a New York hip hop group. And they're ridiculous. Flat, yeah. yeah. Um, New York. Yeah. Uh, and 
they're they got a lot of tracks there's a track hell uh like type in o hello mm-hmm. uh that track's really good for pumping up and there's i would say the track teeth by brockhampton uh brockhampton really shifted like what uh what like demographic they're going for like I don't know if you know much about Brockhampton or who they are. First time I've ever heard of them. There's this, it's this really, they called themselves like a hip hop boy band. That was their whole like hook. And they were like. How'd that work out for them? It was kind of just like a joke. They were like, yeah, we're a boy band too, but we'll be like. And they came with like, their first three albums were called the Saturation Trilogy. And it was easily one of my best favorite like sequences of albums of like the 2010s. Like. Okay. They were some ridiculously unique production. Like all the different people, their verses, that it worked really well together. And there's this guy on it named Amir Vaughn, Amir Van. And he got kicked out of the group because of these like sexual uh, assault allegations. And then he went to like a mental hospital and now he's like back making music. But he has this track called Teeth on there. It's like a minute long. Mm -hmm. And like, I've never heard someone's voice be filled with that much like passion and aggression and like give you goosebumps. Like I've, that's, it's been a very long time. All right. Like, so those three tracks, Teeth, Brockhampton. And it's only a minute long. Okay. But like that track will get me hyped. Like there's a part where he's like, if you don't listen to me, I'll burn fire to the building. Like, like he's angry. And okay. I don't know. I like that. That was like the lot. first time I heard uh public service announcement on, mm-hmm. on the black album. Like that song mm-hmm. used to come on. Jesus, man. I'd like run through a wall. I was <laughs> yeah. like so, so hyped. And now it's like, it's on my playlist, but I'm like, eh, okay. <laughs> where's that? Um, all right, cool. So Friday nights at six, mm-hmm. Universal Kids. Um, like, did you even know there was a channel called Universal Kids before Andy Jones? Right. Um, do you think TV is as important to your generation as it is to maybe mine? Like, are Hmm. TV shows this big, exciting thing now in a world of YouTube? I definitely don't think, uh, I I actually think YouTube's also on the decline right now. I don't know if you knew that, but uh, now it's pretty much all, uh, all about Netflix. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So in terms of uh, TV shows, I think it's mainly like Netflix TV shows are really the only. But in terms of like cable TV shows that are coming out like every week on a weekly basis, there's really almost none of that. So do you Um, think if if A&W Jr. had been released as like a web series and like or they had released all of them so you could binge watch it? It's hard to say. Uh, I don't know. I think. Maybe. But uh, at the same time, like coming off Universal Kids, I, d- I don't know if it it would still be released from them, even if it was as a web series. I'm not sure it would. Right. Yeah. Like. Yeah. What, unless it was on Netflix. Right? Yeah. And obviously, like Net, it would have to be what Hulu. Yeah. Is NBC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hulu. But they got their own. But thing. I think, like, uh, in terms of sports, that's probably the real area that TV is still very, uh, very much a thing. Not these For, days. Yeah, not these days, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I mean, that's why I think American Ninja Warrior probably still strives a bit as a TV show, even if people don't really see it as a sport. Like, it's still a very like it. It's very much a weekly, mm-hmm. week to week show because it's all building up. It's a culminating TV show. It's not. I got to be honest with you. Even as someone who understands it, I find the format confusing. Yeah, the formats like every week they're <laughs> like the top six are moving on to the bottom four, and then the last <laughs> one comes in, and I'm just like, yeah, uh, okay. Um, and I get it. And that's part of the problem is like, you got to give every kid, you know, TV time. Mm-hmm. You can't cut them. You can't, you can't break their little hearts. You mm-hmm. know, like on the show, it's like a hundred people run the course and like 
you know, mm-hmm. you, you might not get shown. Hell, I didn't yeah. get shown once. Um, but it, the so yesterday we're sitting there and speaking of TV shows, like um, my daughter, I don't know, we we're just flipping through the channels and Wipeout came on. Remember that show? <laughs> That's a throwback. Yeah. yeah right. Um, and all of a sudden, I just see her eyes go whoop, like to the TV, and she's just watching these people covered in foam and falling in the, in I used the water. To love that. Show. Yeah. And she's going nuts for it. She goes, "Daddy, this is my new favorite show." She goes, I got to watch it all the time. And I went to like look on demand and like there's not there anymore. You can't find, you yeah. can buy like a season of it. I'm not buying a season no. of it. Um, but it's, it's so funny to me that like that captured her imagination. And then like she's on a ninja team, right? Like she yeah. knows you guys. <laughs> like she sees you on TV. And I'm like, sweetie, do you want to watch AW Junior? She's like, mm, no. <laughs> I'm like, shit, they're doing something wrong. It's <laughs> figured out. Like, yeah. Um, because I, I get it. Like I'm, I'm trying to figure out what it is. And I didn't know if it was like, it's the fact that just TV isn't that important anymore. Like, I don't know. I think like it's probably part, part of it's probably the network probably that it's not just not getting that much traction. Um, yeah, I don't want to like speak down on universal kids, but, uh, like just, I, they posting runs this year. I don't think we we're allowed to do, which I think would probably be one way that, they could get more traction because I think there are a lot of kids at even my school. Like if I was posting my runs on Instagram, they would probably go check out the show more because yeah. a lot of them probably do watch it's American Ninja Warrior. Harder and harder to hype stuff now. I mean, everything. Like, but as a, as adults, even maybe we don't remind ourselves of that enough. That yeah. like you guys are growing up in this completely wide open wild west mm-hmm. of information and and sharing and like you know the internet has become so ubiquitous. We're like. I don't know. It's it, it terrifying. To me. Yeah. Like, you just rattled off about a dozen rappers who I'd never even heard uh-huh. of. And you're like, yeah, they're great. Like, that was just the tip of the iceberg. I know, right? <laughs> I'm sitting here going, God, I'm getting <laughs> freaking old. I can't, like, I can't keep up anymore. Um, all right. So are you still doing, I'm going to tell people where to find you on social media. Are you still doing uh Pardo's rapper ants? Oh, that was, that was a couple of years ago. Oh, so not really, that? but, uh, I don't know. I was throwing around the idea of doing like of restarting my I had a rap podcast like seventh or eighth grade. Mm-hmm. I was gonna start getting on back on that, but uh we got a studio for you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so I do talk about that. you can record it on your phone. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I do talk a lot a about uh I talk a lot about rap on my Instagram either way. Uh, yeah. I'm doing this thing where I'm trying to rank not rank, but like review every like mainstream album that comes out at least this year, mm-hmm. but hopefully broader archering the 2020s because i'm not gonna live through that many decades and we saw music take a really big turn last decade Mm -hmm. and i think it would be interesting to like document something uh there that is really cool when something i'm not what always impresses me is like your your studious approach to (laughs) like to something that i just enjoy like i just enjoy rap and hip-hop and and, but, but like you're you're incredibly articulate about it at a very young age that's something that's always struck out uh to me about you so if people want to find oh and of course they got to participate in your annual uh march madness bracket oh, yeah. tournament that just ended who ended up winning was uh kendrick lamar? yeah it was kendrick lamar but it was kendrick and eminem in the last yeah which i didn't love but uh, i did well i was thinking more like like recent to modern day career so in that vein i was like we sure about that but fair i thought enough. it was fair yeah, I mean, Kendrick is... There could have been worse worse options. <laughs> there could have been. Yeah. Um, it's always fun to like get in those debates because, I mean, it's, it, at the end of the day, it's all just stuff that yeah. you enjoy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
So cool. Uh, where can people find you on uh, social media? Uh, for Instagram, it's at underscore pard zero. I'm sure they'll remember that underscore yeah. pard zero. You're not on Twitter or anything like that. Nope. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, look him up on uh, on YouTube. On check him out on A and W Junior past episodes mm-hmm. and you know this season. And then look for him on National Ninja League live streams and uh, hopefully coaching kids again at some point so and <laughs> get back um, into the gym. Um, cool. I, I think we I think we've done it, Nate Pardo. We've put together <laughs> another amazing episode of What's Next, and my watch is yelling at me to stand up. So thanks for stopping by. Yep. Hope to catch up with you again soon. Yep. All right. Cool.